Thanks for downloading today's UW Alumni Voices podcast. I'm your host, Josh Van Campen. Today we speak with Claire Courtauld, Waste Education Coordinator at City of Coburn. Claire and I discuss her passion for the environment, which all started growing up in Bridgetown. We talk about her time at the Kings Park Biodiversity Conservation Centre, where her honours project was based. Claire also gives us insight into her role as Waste Education Coordinator at the City of Coburn and gives you some tips on how to be more environmentally friendly. The podcast with Claire starts now. Claire, you grew up in Bridgetown. Has the environment always been a passion of yours? Yeah, growing up in the country was a huge factor for my passion for the environment and also my family were really interested in reducing their impact. So I found myself naturally um, becoming more interested in my um, neighbouring forests and preserving what we have in the southwest. How influential were your parents? Um, well, they were very influential to me and uh, my siblings, but I guess um, a lot of the, um, the issues that we were seeing growing up, like the old growth forests being logged and that kind of thing was something that they were very passionate about. So I um, would go along to rallies and things like that with my mum. So yeah. Okay, like come on. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you got to share some rally stories there. Come on. Oh, I was very young, so it was just a case of, you know, going to the main street, the, the one sort of town hall sort of resting on the main street there, and we had a lot of uh, friends and, and family there with their signs to sort of protest against the old growth forest logging. Did, did you fully understand or grasp uh, the, the moment of the protest? Um, at the time, probably not. I think, um, you know, I was still um, in primary school and, and younger. So I think it's more, I think the understanding later on in life and especially now as an adult, really appreciating, you know, that movement and how it did lead to, to really positive change for the environment. So I'm grateful to those people that you know, stood up for it. Now, environment's always been important to you. In 2013, you graduated at UWA with first class honours in conservation biology. Let's to go back to your time at UWA, what was your student life like? Yeah, I had a really great time as a student at UWA. I actually was mainly based at Kings Park, so I spent many late nights at the laboratory there at the Biodiversity Conservation Research Centre and, mm. yeah, really enjoyed um, learning more about uh, how we can use research to um, benefit the environment and, yeah, I met some amazing people and really incredible researchers along the way. Ended up, that was actually my first job working at Kings Park um, straight after honours, so that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the actual university um, units that we were offered were really interesting because we were able to go out in the field and yeah, see firsthand what we could do to conserve what we've got. How important was getting that hands-on experience? Uh, definitely very important. I think it's good to uh, have as much experience as you can before graduating. So um, whether it's a casual job in the field or actually going out during your units and, and experiencing the environment and research firsthand. Now, your honours project was based at the Kings Park Biodiversity Conservation Centre. What were your biggest learnings from the project? Um, <laughs> the biggest learnings, I think, is that you need to really understand the end goal for your research and what um, the impact you're going to have will be. Um, I think there's a lot of research that's done out there that, you know, is very um, niche and um, perhaps isn't always 
communicated amongst mm. the general population. So it's good to understand what research you can do that will actually impact the greater population or the way industry operates to, yeah, essentially benefit the environment. Do you know why people may concentrate on niche projects that aren't necessarily uh, impacting the masses? Uh, it, it usually is, it makes for simple experimental design often. So, um, you know, there, there could be also um, certain funding um, restrictions. So you can't always do too much. Um, and also looking at the uh, sponsors for different projects. So it might be a mining company looking for the cons uh, information on the conservation of a specific species in that very specific mm. location. Can you walk us through how you started that project at the Kings Park Biodiversity Conservation Centre? Uh, I started actually straight out of um, my undergrad course. I, I received a scholarship to do a summer program at Kings Park and that led into honours. So um, I started off looking at the seed biology of semi-arid species um, from bounded ironstone formations. So specifically um, an old iron ore mine and these banded ironstone formations are a really um, unique environment where we have really threatened ecological communities and we definitely need to look at conserving them more. So I was looking at the seed traits of these different species to understand how we can restore um, mined landscapes and whether these species would be able to come back and thrive. So as working in the mining industry, I mean, you're currently out of it, but that is a career you kind of ended up in, in for a short period of time, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Now, in 2019, you and your two friends felt you could do more to help the environment. Uh, so you started your own environmental business, EcoAction. What's the business focus and does everyone need a side hustle in 2020? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people saying you do need to have a side hustle these days. But to be honest, you know, I think it's just something that I am particularly interested in. And I guess if you want to do more, if you have time and energy to do more, then it's a great opportunity to do so. Uh, EcoAction is basically a way for us to inspire positive change. So we are really keen to do more for the community and at a grassroots level, inspire others to take small steps or large steps to benefit the environment. So we definitely find um, it very, gratifying when we do our workshops. I have so much fun. And um, it, as you know, it's a business I started with friends. So we really enjoy it and it's, a, it's our passion. So it doesn't feel like work. And I think that's where um, a lot of people aim to be, to be doing something where you are actually enjoying it all the way. Can you explain maybe who your clientele is for EcoAction and maybe what like a typical workshop looks like? Yeah, sure. Um, we've actually recently received um, a grant from um, the Fremantle Council for, as part of the Fremantle Industrial Arts Quarter, where EcoAction is actually based within as well. And awesome. um, we're working sort of with that in, in the community level. So our clientele, are generally the community, um, we do also work for schools and um, teach you know children from primary to high school. Uh, we do a lot of work around. Um, conservation of native flora and fauna in our local environment. So, um, the, you know, essentially training people to create a habitat in their backyard and teaching people that, you know, there's a lot of species out there that um, need protection. So, um, our native bees, for instance, we have a native bee workshop. We also do lots of workshops on our native bats and um, 
a lot of uh, information that we provide is is not just um, you know from from ourselves, but we also get a, a lot of different knowledgeable people. So bat researchers, um, mm. native bee researchers, etc. So how do you decide what the workshop's going to be on? Do you do some research? Is it a simple case of I find this interesting. Let's do a workshop <laughs> on that. Yeah, that's right. We uh, both really um, we. We do consult with a lot of our friends and family about what they think would be good, um, and as well as you know the local community and understanding what I think needs to be um, changed. So you know, for instance, a lot of people these days really want to to do more in their garden, and we want to support them to create a habitat in their garden um, and make their backyard a diverse little ecosystem for the um, for the native fauna and flora. But we definitely also look at um, yeah, the main issues of today and how to empower people. I think sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, especially with so many um, issues that young people are faced with and you hear about, you know, kids getting mm. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, um, I guess, anxiety over climate change and that kind of thing. So we do want to try and empower people to make them understand they can make a difference. One of the key words you said there was overwhelming. Are you ever overwhelmed by having to juggle the two jobs? Um, it depends. <laughs> we have a lot going on at the moment since um, we did have a bit of a break over this quiet time with um, COVID-19, but we definitely are ramping up now and we do uh, have to manage our time effectively. I'm really grateful to my two friends who are part of the business and we basically manage it all together. So it's, it makes it a lot easier to work around different jobs and make sure we can do the best job we can. Has it evolved from the moment you started to what it is today? And have you learned a lot about yourself about running your own business? Yeah, definitely. I think um, setting very um, clear sort of goals and, and having a really clear sort of mission statement is really important so that whenever there's really tricky sort of questions that are asked later on, we can always go back to that and really understand if it's achieving our goals mm -hmm. and whether it is a value um, of our time, if it's value for money or um, if our service is needed in this in different areas. Now, you've recently started a new role at the City of Coburn as their Waste Education Coordinator. Can you share what does a typical day look like for you? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, it's really varied actually, which I really like. So um, a lot of um, my work involves educating the community around um, waste and minimising our waste as well as you know, reducing um, our consumption of single-use plastics um, and looking at ways to recycle appropriately. So my work is very different to what I started out doing in, in terms of, um, yeah, floral research and uh, mining, but I do really enjoy it. And um, yeah, a lot of my work is very much centered around looking um, at different projects to offer the community, whether it's workshops um, or whether it's um, new services. So there's the Clean Ocean Covers campaign, which I'm working on for this summer. Basically, residents who collect or, or visitors of our coastline collect a bucket of litter from the beach and they get a free cup of coffee. So yeah, cool. it's a way to yeah make people um, yeah more um, aware of their environment and how they can you know, pick up a little bit of litter and be rewarded for it. Now, your role is to educate the community, but how important is it for you to educate your internal stakeholders there as well at the City of Coburn? Yeah, very important. I think it's 
the first step is to yeah make change in your own backyard or your own workplace and then and then go from there so I'm really grateful because um, coming into this workplace I can see that it is very much um, a core pillar of, of the city of Coburn's values sustainability and um, waste minimization so I yeah I'm very lucky that most of my colleagues are on the same page and we have been doing more and more to get everyone on board um, we have worm farms at work and compost community gardens it's pretty incredible so I'm very grateful to that do you do you ever have to educate people maybe you meet for the first time and they're like oh hi I'm Claire like oh what do you do Claire and, and you explain oh I'm you know the worst school coordinator there at city of Coburn like do you ever get like a confused look by people thinking oh what, what, what do you do <laughs> uh, I think people are pretty aware now when I do I do sort of make my I, I've went gone around to the different departments to talk a lot about um yeah different projects that we've got going so most people are pretty aware but I do find when I tell people in the community what I do they do either fire off recycling questions to me and or things they've seen on the tv eastern states news about no recycling actually being recycled and that kind of thing so yeah there's a lot of inflammatory information that you can find on the internet and it makes um, the waste education component a little bit tricky because um, it's all done a little bit differently over east as well um, and uh, we do need to make sure that we have a consistent message here in WA. Yeah, no, that's a re that's a really good point. <laughs> Consistency yeah. is is the is the key. Are there any times where any myth busts that uh, you have to, I guess, break down? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> so many myths. I think um, it's definitely a very popular topic at the moment, which I do like. I like that the general community are caring about waste. Yeah. I mean, um, it's important with you know, all the information that we do find on the internet to make sure that we do get our sources right. And some of the myths I hear, you know, um, oh, if you want an example, um, you know, a lot of people sort of thought that you could recycle, say, paper towels and, and things like that, but it's actually a really poor quality paper. It's um, usually from a recycled product. So um, you can't actually put paper towels into your yellow recycling bin. And uh, you, would, you wouldn't believe how many people put nappies in their recycling bin. Like really well. so yeah it's pretty bad some, there's some certain items that yeah you just would not expect where they do make their way in there so we try and just constantly educate i run a, a team of lovely waste education casuals who go out and do lots of um, education for residents around that and yeah it's just important to stay on top of it be consistent and yeah hope that people do get the message as someone with a newborn i would could not imagine putting any nappies in the recycle bin so that <laughs> yeah. that is amazing so anyone listening if you're doing that please please stop now yeah. how are you empowering the community with knowledge and tools to take action um so is as city of coburn or interaction but i actually i think let's let's hit up both of them yeah um i think um firstly just having the knowledge and given the it's not just the knowledge but given the tools and making it easier for people so um, for instance at Coburn they have a huge amount of awesome subsidies and rebates for composting so if you have um, 
yeah, if you're a resident, you, you get like a 45 to $50 rebate on compost bins um, and therefore it doesn't really cost you anything because you can get them for that price. Mm. Um, there's lots of awesome workshops that are really cheap and um, accessible and I think it's great because you often meet like-minded people in these workshops and you can have a great connection with um, the community and that positive experience kind of lends to, you know, more interaction with these mm-hmm. um, in these events and, and potentially better behaviours, making it a social norm as well. So, for instance, um, if people see others picking up litter on the beach, they're more likely to do so because it is a social norm and it's not so much seen as, as you know, below them or something like that. So, you know, trying to work with behaviour change tools to, to make sure we can get see those changes in the community. Um, empowering people via positive um, experiences I think is really important. We don't want to overwhelm the community with negative news and, and what is often thrown at people every day um, in terms of where the, where the environment is at at the moment, but rather let's look at some positive actions you can take to make a difference. Is it hard managing some of the negative publicity out there when it comes to the environment? Uh, I think it's important to acknowledge it for sure, but to not let yourself become overwhelmed into a sense of state of, you know, feeling like you can't actually have an impact. I think, um, you know, there's so many different um, things that we can do and a lot of people, if they're too overwhelmed, they, they won't do anything because it's just too much. Now, what about your role there at City Coburn? Can you share what does success look like in your current role? And like, do you have a set of KPIs? Uh, I have a, I guess, yeah, sort of in um, in that I have a few projects that I've got work that I'm working on and, you know, looking at, you know, the number of people engaged with, um, the amount of, say, litter removed from the beach or looking at, you know, the amount of um, compost, you know, purchased and, and things like that. It's, it's very easy to quantify the amount of outreach and impact that you're having and, um, and also just understanding, you know, what the community want from the city. And I think um, they do want to see more and more initiatives. Like we have a very green, um, I feel a very green community over here. So it's quite nice to um, have, you know, constant um, sellouts for our workshops. And we've got a modern cloth nappy workshop coming up. So I'm not sure if you'd be interested. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that we've actually sold out recently. And what we're, yeah, well. um, we're very excited because it means that people are thinking about reducing their, their waste from their little ones. Is, is there a fair bit in your role to simply listening to the community needs as well? Yeah, I guess there's um, always, um, we get a lot of community engagement. So, you know, in, community members will email me and, yeah, ask me about, you know, what, you know, they can do or if they have um, specific requests, I can try and, and help them out. We do a lot of school workshops as well and provide waste education for, um, yeah, many different schools in the city. So. A lot of the time I get calls from teachers to sort of figure out what else they can be doing to help their kids. Yeah, and what about the collaboration internally there as well in the city? Do you have a lot of colleagues from other departments coming to you with ideas or like, Claire, can you help with this? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. So the environment and the sustainability teams really, um, we're very interlinked Hmm. um, and we do a lot of work around, um, yeah, um, how to work together. It might be something like, 
illegal dumping where you have a lot of issues with people um, maybe dumping on our parks and reserves and you know how we can work together to reduce illegal dumping through education mm. and also through um, I guess more stringent fines and things like that so <laughs> yeah there's always this sort of you've got to kind of look at two approaches often you know, not just the, the carrot not just the stick but yeah <laughs> that's good now you got seemed like you're part of a pretty progressive workplace there as well as a council in general but do you ever get frustrated with how the environment is being handled not just locally but globally yeah for sure it's it can be very frustrating looking at um the i guess the policies and the um the politics around um, environmental decision making you've got so there's so many um people that have the power to do so much good for the environment yet they don't choose to do to to do that perhaps it's not their own passion or they have um yeah other focuses so yeah it can be very frustrating to see um i think the australian government can do a lot more but we do need to um keep pushing for that as a community and um and know that you know we are we do have a power as a consumer as well to make change in you know what we buy how we live yeah because i was curious do you think the government can have more of an impact or is it more of a uh, from a I guess, ground level from bottom up that us as consumers mm. can change our buying habits? I think um, both you've got to, it, it can't just be one approach or, one approach or the other. The grassroots um, movements are very important, but also policies that are in place are mm. critical to, to making things um, and long-term change and making things really effective around this space. So I think the, um, the sort of general notion is to try and and have both to meet yeah now i'm going to put you on the spot now uh if you're a prime minister for a day what's the one policy or what's the one change you'd make oh no you are putting me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think for for me i'm i'm very passionate around um our climate change policies and I think um, that we need to do more in that space. I think we do need to have a higher target um, and be more um, mindful of our impact. And I mean, a lot of people probably watching the um, the recently um, aired show um, Fight for Planet A on ABC and that's something that I think a lot of people didn't know quite how much Australians do pollute the environment and how much effect we do have in terms of our carbon emissions and I think um, I'm really glad that a lot of people have come and talked to me about it to sort of um, voice their passion for it. And I understand that I think the community really wants it. And if I was Prime Minister, I'd be listening to that community and trying to do more for the environment through our climate change policies. Do we need more people like you being educators to the community? Uh, I think um, we need more people leading by example. So mm. you don't necessarily need to be an educator, but if no. you're that one friend that does something that can influence your whole group of friends and then they do the same thing, you've got a huge effect. Are you are you an influencer of your friends? <laughs> some of them. I'm not sure about all of them. But, um, some just think I'm crazy. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah, you, ha- you haven't like bought them some compost or whatever for their birthday? Um, no, <laughs> but uh, I definitely do try and, um, you know, promote, you know, using less um, plastic and things like that. So I've got lots of beeswax wraps at home and things like that. And I've got a lot of friends who are getting really into that too. So that's good to see. Yeah. Are you ever conscious as well of your own actions when it comes to your environment? Yeah, totally. I'm definitely um, 
I, I feel like I'm just trying to constantly improve, but I'm by no means perfect at this. I know there's a lot more waste-wise people out there who are absolutely incredible and, you know, I just hope to get better and better. And, yeah, I think um, you don't want to sort of kick yourself if you, if you can't be perfect all the time, but just, yeah, try and do your best. Is there ever part of you that maybe you can't say you get frustrated at yourself, but, you know, there is that... I guess that perfectionist angle where you think, oh, I should be doing more. Have you, has, <laughs> with you trying to be an influencer of your friends, have your friends ever picked you up on anything where like, Claire, that's, that's not very environmentally friendly? Um, yeah, I think um, one of my friends, she doesn't have a car and she rides everywhere and I, I feel like, oh, I'm terrible. I still drive things like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, she's often very but she never gives me any grief for it she's just very excited i did get myself an e-bike so i could ride further distances and she's very excited for that i'm hopefully going to fit some solar panels on or something so i can charge it as well so yeah she's um yeah she's very keen for me to to commit and now that the weather's warming up i really yeah. hope to to be more um reliant on my bike oh absolutely i think you know, perth we're pretty lucky it doesn't rain too much but those cold mornings and having to get up early and ride the bike and uh I know with my drives to work, you, you send a cyclist all over the road in the past and I'm just like, oh, I wish I was like that, but it's just yeah. so convenient, the car, so, <laughs> yeah. which is bad. But uh, you, not only have you worked for the city of Coburn, you've worked for the city of Perth, uh, Carrara Mining, intern for the Department of Environment and Conservation. Can you share how important has it been for your career having a diverse mix of employment and volunteer opportunities? Yeah, I think... Um fact that I had a, an environmental science degree which didn't exactly state what I would be at the end of my degree was also daunting but also very liberating because it meant that I had so many options to choose from and um, more um, yeah avenues to go down I'm definitely very grateful to all the different experiences I've had I think yeah, yeah I'm very much someone who needs to always be learning something new and um, being challenged so um, finding you know new environments to work in does provide those challenges and and makes the job more exciting and interesting I think um, a lot of people you know they may study something and expect to go down one path only but um, little do they know there's probably a lot more paths that they could go down or um, especially in this um, sciences area and um, I definitely want to um, say like I don't regret going to down any of these paths. I met some amazing people and learned many lessons along the way. So, yeah. What were your expectations from a career when you're at uni? Uh, I think I was probably a little bit too um, optimistic around you know becoming the next you know, <laughs> a huge change maker for the environment, and uh, I think I, um, I had some big expectations on myself on, on really making huge impacts. Um, but I think that stuff that you've got to just work at slowly and figure out exactly what decision. There's so many issues and finding which one you want to tackle and, and how you can do that, um, put all your energy into that issue. So um, I was expecting, um, I guess, a lot more, um, <laughs> so I, I don't want to sort of make it sound bad, but does, money does make a huge difference. So I guess I was expecting a lot more independent research and a lot of independent um environmental work whereas I, I do understand that you know that a lot of the money that does um come um into these sectors is from the private sector which is causing a lot of the damages in the first place so um you do need to kind of understand that whole process and 
and how um, certain companies are willing to do to do better, but some mm. companies do need a little bit of an extra push. Yeah, naturally. Now, if, if there are some students listening to this and thinking about having a type of career like yours, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? I'd suggest that they follow their, their passion um, and trying to sort of make that their purpose really, but also if they want to do something around this to really understand um, what issue they want to tackle and um, what jobs will then lead into that. So, um, you know, whether it's ocean pollution or maybe, you know, um, it could be water pollution, uh, sorry, air pollution or um, maybe policy, climate change, that kind of thing. There's so many avenues, atmospheric science. We've got so many different things to think about. Um, don't be afraid to try a lot and see what works for you. No, that's really, really good advice. Now, with my research and in preparation for, for this interview, I came across this, this interesting story that I flagged with you. So in India, the Aksha school replaced tuition with plastic waste transforming the town. Each week, school children would line up with grocery bags full of plastic bottles, etc. It was a way to make school more accessible and help clean up their local community. Could we ever see a concept similar to this in Australia? Yeah, for sure. I think it's an absolutely amazing idea. Um, and I think that it's showing so, such true initiative. Um, it's a simple approach that works really well. And I think we could definitely do something like that here. Um, it sort of, I guess, depends on the amount of, of plastic waste that you're seeing. I think we're very lucky in Australia that we actually have relatively clean and um, pristine areas. So we, and that's thankful to um, the education that's out there and, and people respecting the environment. But for sure, there's lots of avenues like this that could be taken to help the environment. Yeah, is that, is that maybe one of the hard things from an education standpoint is that we do live in a relatively clean society unlike india where pollution is quite i guess in your in your face when you when you do tra travel there in other other places across the world is is that maybe one of the battles we have in australia where people think oh you know we don't have a waste problem that's uh, definitely a problem so, yeah i i find a lot of people um you know don't understand that ocean pollution is a big problem because they'll go to the beach and see a very beautiful beach and mm. um you know the great pacific garbage patch is just getting bigger and bigger and because it's out of sight out of mind people don't really understand um, often I've had to when I'm doing education uh, most people in Perth I find have been to Bali and they know the, um, the litter and, and ocean pollution there so we, I often you know, say to them this is a problem as you can see in Bali and that could be potentially here in Australia if we mm. don't curb um, our consumption of single-use plastics and yeah if we don't actually um, act responsibly do you think when we travel we probably appreciate australia more but is it more of a case of it's their problem not ours yeah definitely i think when people travel they leave all their good behavior behind often yeah. they just end up littering the environment that they're in because they see that it's already littered or they don't really understand that hey you can actually get water purifying tablets rather than buying a bottle of water every day um things like that so we definitely need to look at changing our behaviours as travellers and um, understanding that even though it's another country and not necessarily um, our you know, home soil, we need to respect it and um, do as much as we can to promote that respect amongst mm. other travellers as well. Now, before I let you go, what's one piece of advice or maybe what could be the first step for someone to being environmentally friendly? 
a step. Well, I think just um, assessing a really simple and easy way that you can just cut just one environmentally sort of um, damaging behaviour out of your life. So for me, it was diet. That was one of the first things I changed because I, I wanted to reduce my environmental footprint, so to speak, so my carbon footprint. Um, so I stopped eating meat. Um, and that was an easy thing for me to do. Might be harder for some other people. Maybe it's easier for other people to ride their bike to work five days a week. It might be easier for someone else to um, look at not purchasing new clothes and instead going down the slow fashion route and um, reducing their impact that way. Um, yeah, there's, there's many different ways and I think it's up to each individual to find out what thing suits them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I hope that's something <laughs> no that's that's no that's really 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 good advice now claire if people want to find out more about eco action or about what uh, is on offer at city of coburn where should they visit yeah so eco action we have a lovely web page um it's www.ecoactionwa.org and we also have a facebook page and instagram eco action wa um, we also yeah, do a lot of um, work with the Fremantle Fibonacci Centre, so um, you can find our events often happening there. And um, for City of Coburn, I um, yeah, recommend just giving the city a call and you can get through to me if you want to, if there, anyone wants to ask any questions about waste or um, how they can um, reduce their impact. There's also some really amazing um, pages on social media, such as um, the Zero Waste page and there's lots of Buy Nothing groups and the pages which are good for um yeah getting things secondhand rather than new and yeah becoming closer to your community perfect i'll put, add those links into the show notes but claire really appreciate your time thank you very much thanks Dr. Sia. there may be less coffee catch-ups hugs or high fives but we are still part of the global uwa community and have a role to play the UW alumni community is committed to helping all of our students, staff and graduates through the COVID-19 crisis. You can help by making a donation, send, send a message of support, become a mentor, ambassador, or simply check in with a fellow graduate. Let's all do our part. Let's all do our part. Let's all do our part and, and help, help the global UW community. community.